Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Out of Band Show. My name is Ryan, along here with my co-hosts, Bailey, Eric, and Araf. We are so excited to be here because we've all gone our separate directions over the past week, and it's nice to finally catch up about things. Eric looked like he was about to add something to the conversation, but then subsequently did not. So gentlemen, I have a great question for you today. As you know, I'm my I'm I'm the kind of guy that really likes having energy. I I wouldn't say I abuse caffeine, but I definitely take advantage of it. So my question to you is Red Bull or Monster? Two very valid energy drinks at two very different prices. My own personal opinion, Red Bull is more expensive. However, it has a better flavor whereas Monster is cheaper. Um, however, it kind of tastes more artificial. Bailey, your take? Ryan, have you ever seen the blockbuster hit movie Ice Age? Uh, yes. Because you, you might know of a certain uh, sloth named Sid. Yes. And I'd like to quote him here. No thanks, I choose life. <laughs> <laughs> this is my continuing path towards becoming a diabetic. Very slowly, but we'll get there. Uh, well, from my experience, I had Red Bull one time. I took a sip, and I spit it out. Because, to me, Red Bull is just nasty. I don't know why you would do that to yourself. Yep. Monster, uh, there was an experience back in high school where I didn't sleep one night. And I was really tired, so I walked down to the gas station right next to our high school. Because every high school has a gas station. And I bought a can of Monster. I had about a fourth of the bottle. And, uh, I was... I was jumping around and stuff, and ever since then, never again. Never, never wanted to get monster. Or never, never, never much of an energy drink person. Yeah, yeah. I I remember freshman year of college during finals week, I bought a can of Monster just to like. I'm thinking, oh, I'm gonna need it because that's like the whole thing. Like finals week is so stressful, I'm gonna be up all the time. And then just sat in my fridge for about two months, undrink, unopened. Just chilling. Oh. And then eventually my roommate was like, are you going to drink that? And I said, no. And he drank it instead. Hmm. And with that, I say no to energy drinks. Just just be high on life, baby. Oh, yeah. But I mean, you know, you can uh, you can be high on life while also being high on caffeine. Red Bull's really nice because it comes in a variety of different sizes. You have your, what is it, like 8.6 fluid ounce can. You have your 12 fluid ounce can, your 16 fluid ounce can. And then as I like to refer to it, the 20 ounce silo, which is a massive <laughs> amount of Red Bull containing more than 200 milligrams of caffeine to keep you going. Throughout or the day. if you're Ryan, the standard size. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are we sponsored by Red Bull? Is this... Uh, we definitely should be. I I used to pound two 20-ounce cans of Red Bull. Oh, no, daily. I watched. I watched <laughs> I it I hear happen. it gives you wings. It does, it does give you wings in a way. And with that, let's go ahead and move on to the news with Araf. Hello, everyone. I'm Araf, and welcome to the news. This week, we are talking about Discord. And why are we talking about Discord? Well, it looks like Microsoft decided to, well, they didn't decide to, but they mentioned that they could possibly be buying Discord for over $10 billion. Wow. And and if you're a gamer, you, you might remember that a couple years ago, Microsoft bought Mojang. 
uh, who who's the the company behind Minecraft for two point five billion dollars. And and I mean, recently they also bought ZeniMax Media, but like, they they're just the Bethesda people. They they mm. haven't really done anything good in a while, anyways. <laughs> um. But, you know, this, this Microsoft has been talking about this mainly because they want to expand the more software side of their gaming department. Um, and, yeah, there isn't really too much we know about this other than Microsoft could possibly possibly be taking over Discord. And, and with that, I ask you guys, do you think Nitro will be included with your Office 365 subscription? To start the conversation... I have no idea what Discord Nitro is. Araf, would you like to explain? <laughs> so, so Discord Nitro. Oh god, it hurts to smile. <laughs> <laughs> Discord Nitro is is the paid version of Discord. for mm-hmm. For the low low price of five ninety nine, you get two server boost tokens, so you can boost any two servers every liking, or boost the same server twice. And that's an entirely random, boring thing that you don't have to worry about. The main reason why people buy Discord Nitro is so that they can get GIFs for their profile picture and use any emoticon in any server. That's literally it. Wait, don't you have a, a GIF as your profile picture? Uh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> for those wondering why Araf hurts to smile, he does have a canker sore. So feel feel bad dot jpeg take pity um, yeah. <laughs> um i think that this could be very good or this could be very bad best case scenario microsoft buys discord and treats it the same way as mojang slash minecraft where they kind of just let them do their own thing um same thing with what i anticipate they'll probably be doing with bethesda where they still have all of the creative control they still do their own thing uh it's just an ownership thing it's just a profit sharing thing uh if discord ends up like that where it's just left alone thumbs up i'm fine with this it'll get some more exposure it'll get integrated into windows a little bit better i would assume uh, maybe come with a default who's to say um but if they do integrate it in a office 365 if they do you know make it xbox and pc exclusive if they do get their hands into it um Granted, we'll have to see how it turns out, but I would kind of be afraid. I feel like there would be uh, some other competitors like TeamSpeak would rise up from the dead to try and take back some market share. Um, yeah, it's it's a risky proposition. Uh, I guess we'll see if it happens or not. I can just see it now, like people calling our help desk and being like, why can't I use the poggers emoji in my other <laughs> server? Why can't I do that? Oh, no. <laughs> or off if someone asked you a discord question in at, at the help desk would you would you answer it i would um escalate the case to office 365 because it'd oh. be their problem and not ours oh, there you <laughs> go solutions and and with that let's move on to hot takes with bailey Hello and welcome to Hot Takes. I am your host for this week, Bailey. Eric has bequeathed unto me this segment for the week since he's got a story to tell. So for this week, I want to talk a little bit about uh, my, my recent trip uh, out of out of the Madison area. Um, 
So I went on a little jaunt, a little vacation with my family. Um, and I got to fly out of my hometown of Green Bay. <gasps> and Green Bay. something something you might know about Green Bay is we we do not have the largest airport in the world. No. Nope. We, we do not. No. Uh, in fact, I can probably count the gates at that place on one hand, maybe yeah. maybe two. I think it's got like 10 terminals, something like that. Um, so we get there in the morning, uh, and we're, we're ready to, ready to, uh, to head out. And, you know, you'd expect with security that they'd be pretty thorough on the things that they do. Not at the Green Bay airport. Nope. <laughs> nope. nope. Uh, the TSA agents, they were very nice. I'll give them that. They're, they're good at their jobs, right? But the security practices at the Green Bay airport are very different than other airports that are, that might be, uh, considerably larger. In fact, I think I threw my luggage into the x-ray uh, machine instead. You know, other places, you'd have to take out, you know, your gels and your laptop you and your in, shoes. You put it in the bins, you know. Yeah. And I started to do that. I started to take stuff out. And they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, you know, <laughs> what what you're supposed to do at the airport? Separate it all out. And they're like, no, just th- throw it in. Throw it in. So I, so I did. And uh, so that, that's in the pro column of the Green Bay Airport. Uh we also have that there was absolutely nobody at the airport. Uh, in fact, I think there were more snowblowers and tractors in that airport than there were people. Uh, that Those have been like advertised for the last 10 years, as long as I can remember. They've got that. Um, there's no way you can get lost in the Green Bay Airport. They, they literally have the two gates with like 10 terminals. It is fantastic to navigate. Um, Ryan was our chauffeur. To get us to the airport. And yep. Ryan could literally just drive up to the place and let us out. And we probably walked like five feet to get to security, which was fantastic. How many people were on that flight? Because I feel like I dropped, like there was literally empty. Like the, the place was like post-apocalyptic abandoned. And I like <laughs> dropped you guys off and you're like, oh yeah, there's a plane leaving. And I'm like, are you sure there's a plane leaving? Because it doesn't look like it. <laughs> that was probably the most cars I've ever seen at that airport. There was like five. Uh, yeah there was a, there was actually more people inside they have way okay. too large of a parking lot for the amount of flights that go in and out of that place yeah it, it's usually just deserted but you know it's spring break so they got plenty of plenty of people going on that but let's take a look instead at big airports first of all if you have ever been to the orlando airport who has it is amazing terrible it is amazed to navigate that place i am looking for terminal a and all I can see are B and C. That's it. And it is very, very hard to navigate finding your gate. Um, you know, different uh, than the Green Bay Airport where you can just throw anything to the x-ray. No, you got it. You got to take it all out. I pretty much emptied my entire bag into that x-ray machine. In fact, on the way back, um, I had sunglasses on. I had forgotten about them. You ever have that where you put your you know, sunglasses mm-hmm. up and you just completely forget? I wear them and then I walk into work looking like an absolute idiot in a pharmacy wearing sunglasses. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And they're like, take off your glasses. I'm like, what are you talking about? I wear no glasses and just had to, had to take them off. So, so that's, that's for security. Not to mention when I get to the security line, I realized that I had already walked past it and it was down the entire hallway. So we had to go back to the end of the line. Long line for that. Right. Plus, there are just too many people at these big airports. You got to navigate through these mass crowds of people, especially in COVID. That is very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, so being careful of that. Um, thinking of the restaurants there, 
you know, in Green Bay, we got a nice little cafe that literally nobody goes to. Yeah. But in Orlando, you've got the like one Burger King that 500 people thought, you know, this is where I'm going to have lunch today. That's <laughs> what they all thought. And yeah, I had that thought too until I saw the line. Um, and, you know, lastly, I can never find my car at a big airport. I think one year our car died and they were just like a mass of cars in the parking lot. Could not find it. It was dead. We couldn't find somebody to go help us charge it. So all in all, small airports are superior to big airports. And I want your opinions on it. Uh, well, I would disagree. But then again, I've never been to a small airport. Whenever my family was traveling, we always drive down to Chicago because, Mm -hmm. you know, bigger airport, Chicago. And there was a time where we, we did travel quite a bit and from what i remember as a kid uh the airport we went to in paris specifically was really really cool Mm -hmm. because they had like these rooms and such or they weren't really rooms they were like these areas like scattered around the airport with like xboxes and ps3s and like what airport did you go to (laughs) i i have literally no i was i was like eight or ten at the time and and I mean the, it was the place was hor- filthy. It was really dirty. But like they had PlayStations <laughs> and Xboxes. And as a kid, I don't know if you if you have those two things, you you sold me. And and for like the food aspect of airports, uh, there was a time where we went to Thailand, and like the restaurants there were amazing. Like in the airport, they had like you know literal restaurants. You, you, you they had seating menus things like that and it was it was amazing loved it and those airports were rather large um they may not be from the states but they're rather large and in my opinion pretty pretty good i liked them so eric what i'm hearing is that if LaGuardia had a playstation somewhere in the airport a rough number one absolutely number one, top of the list nice airport yeah good airport you know i i do have to agree with a rough um i'm more of a big airport man myself um and that is because of one experience that i had when my family flew to key west in florida now key west is the little island at the end of the florida keys you know the 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 archipelago as you may as you might call it um yeah um (laughs) so key west right they have an airport it exists it is i kid you not Two rooms connected to each other. One end is the entranceway with security. The other end, all of the gates in one room. <laughs> That's it. No food. I think there's a gift shop. Nothing else. Right? They have one runway. And the runway is too short for a normal airplane fully featured to be able to fly out of. Right? So that's when you have to start unloading luggage. You have to start taking it off the plane so that it weighs less so that you can go woo. And it's really fun when you're sitting on the tarmac, ready to go. You look out the window and you see your entire family's luggage just sitting out (laughs) there, just waiting. And then you get to Milwaukee and you have to talk to someone for an hour and describe every single little piece of things in your luggage and just hope that they find it. You would not have that experience at a large airport. And that is why I am anti-small airport. 
Well, I've I've been through Orlando. Um, I've been through O'Hare. I've been through Mitchell International in Milwaukee. Um, I mean, from my experience, I find that there's a lot of amenities in larger airports. Like, for example, the the Orlando airport is really beautiful. Uh, and they have like those little um, the monorail, the monorails that yeah. connect all of the terminals, which is really uh, kind of cute. Um, whereas, like you know, the Green Bay Airport is kind of just like this is an airport. We do plane hey, we stuff. We got the tractors in there. It does we its job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I think it's certainly nice to fly out of a smaller airport because there's not there's not like so much in the way of like uh, this is a huge industrial process that you need to like comply with and it's more of like a yeah you're showing up here because i remember uh i once flew out from o'hare to um not boulder uh, i think bozeman uh colorado or montana i think it's bozeman montana and like o'hare crazy wild like tons of people lots of stuff going on like you got ramps. It's like a maze. Like half the airport is like in some like underground complex. Like I don't really know what's going on there. And like you fly in to Bozeman and it's just like you are now in Montana. Hi. Would you like a car? So, <laughs> you know, it, it depends on the kind of person you are in the situation that you're in. Well, I think with, with larger airports, the larger the airport, the more you get herded like cattle, I feel. Mm hmm. And the more that the the meme applies, you you've heard of the the stereotypical you know, like nobody, and then dad three hours before the flight leaves, and it's like Grand Theft Auto style, just booking it down the highway. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you know, I feel like you need that buffer of time at bigger airports. But when we got to Green Bay, it's you know five minutes to security, and you're done. Yeah, I also think that calling Austin struggle in international airport might be it is international it might be a bit of a stretch i think it flies to canada you got that yes it does <laughs> internet it, calling it international because it can you can take an airplane to to canada is a stretch all right i'm surprised aircraft can get from green bay to orlando <laughs> <laughs> and with that let's move on to tech fails with ryan See, for the people at home, you may be wondering, whoa, everyone always makes fun of Eric for his hot take segment taking forever and being the longest segment on the show. Now someone else hosts it, and it's still the longest! (laughs) The tech fails are simple. The people are not. And welcome back to Tech Fails, everyone, that little segment where we talk about technology that has gone wrong in some sort of way. Now, this week, I'm going to integrate it a little bit with story time, because as you know, Bailey went on a vacation this week, which meant his corgis needed someone to watch them. Luna, the greatest corgi with the cutest face and the longest body and the the cutest little waggly nubs. Not even your dog. Needed someone to watch her. My dog. I graciously volunteered as 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 a hero to watch the dogs. Also, they were really the cute, demon. and I took like four billion pictures of them. But I digress. That's not directly what the story is about. What the story is actually about is on the day that Bailey and I drove to Green Bay, we had a grant hearing for the club that him and I are uh, the president and vice president of, respectively. Um, 
So we get there and I drop Bailey and his family off and I kind of get back and I'm starting to, you know, set up my computer um, because Bailey did not help me carry it in before he left. Thanks, Bailey. And <laughs> you did not ask. <laughs> I uh, was out taking uh, Luna and Maisie for a walk and I get back and there's this message from Bailey that says, hey, are you at the uh, you at the grant hearing? And I'm like, <laughs> no. Oh my god, it was 30 minutes ago. And if you don't go to the grant hearing, you don't get any of the money. Um, so I, d- I desperately rush over to where I set my computer up in their um, like three, four seasons room or whatever. And the, I'm having this issue that I cannot figure out how to turn on the lights. Because like, you know, traditionally in most households, when you walk into a room, there's like one light switch and you flip it and then all the lights in that room turn on and that just makes sense to me all right you get to bailey's house there's like switches on like every wall and you click them and sometimes nothing happens so i what i did was i went and i i joined the zoom meeting on my computer and the 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 speaker was like oh it looks like a representative from web dev club is here um would you like to like give your presentation no and i'm like yes oh my gosh but I also wanted to turn on a light so that my video wasn't completely dark. So I walk out of the room and I flip what I assume is the nearest light switch. Um, and when I flip it, it, it turns off the power to my computer. So everything just goes immediately black. I disconnect from the meeting <laughs> and I'm just like, who designs a house with light switches that arbitrarily control outlets and no like predetermined manner like i have no idea how was i After supposed to grant. know that that was going to turn off that outlet like the room has like 20 outlets in it like so- after the grant i i text ryan i'm like so how'd it go and he's like it could not have gone worse <laughs> flip the switch back turn my computer back on and i and i rejoined the meeting luckily that really expensive light kit that i bought actually came to save the day because it has battery packs, so I got out the light kit and quickly threw it on a stand and turned it on battery mode, <laughs> and I had light to to give the presentation with video. So, and then I had to go through the you know the the rest of the day trying to figure out how to turn on the lights to every other room in the house. So, I never did really figure out how to turn on the lights to that room. So. There's like switches and knobs and dials and the the thing is we definitely did it the last time we were there. Well, see Bailey was there. So. Yeah. Okay. All right. For the viewers at home, this house was built before I was born. In fact, this house was built before my great grandfather was born. It was built in 1880, and that room was an addition onto the house. So uh, I had it took some learning for me to learn this. Uh, the the switch is on the other wall. Outside of the room, you have to turn it on yeah. for inside of the room. It doesn't really make any sense to me. To yeah. flip the switch to turn on the lights. <laughs> yeah. And when I flipped it, it turned off my computer, and I was like, what's this? I don't it's, get uh, it. What, it. What my mom calls it, uh, it's got character. The house has character. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, that house was built before light switches were invented. So yes. that means at some point, someone came through and decided that this was the optimal light switch configuration. That's the spot right there. I can assure you that- It was actually Thomas Edison. The light switches in the kitchen, like, there's two, like, three-panel switches, and the order of the light switches are different on both panels, and I could never figure out how to turn on and off the light. I had to flip all of them until I finally got (laughs) it in the configuration I wanted. 
So now, Araf, when I'm looking at your screen, I see some beautiful lighting in the background. You seem like a lighting guru yourself. As you shake your head, I, I think you're giving yourself a little bit too little of credit here. Um, what what are your feelings on random light switches that do nothing but also do something? Uh, you know, we had one of those switches in my in my apartment when I first moved in. A switch uh, that at first we thought did absolutely nothing, but later learned that it literally kills every single outlet. Or not not every single outlet. It kills the top, like, part. Like of, of the your, two. Yeah, yeah of like the two. It's the switch, top one. Yeah. It's the original OK Google. And I, I was so confused because, you know, when we first moved in, I was like, none of the top outlets work. Is that... Do we have to put this on our, like, sheet of things that don't work? And within a week, we figured out, oh, there's a there's a, there's a switch here. And I've always wondered, like, what's the point of these switches? Like, we never use it because obviously we don't want to, you know, kick off our Wi-Fi or turn, like, just destroy our TV or anything like that. I never really understood, like, why? Why do we... Why do these exist, these outlet killers? Yeah. Oh, I think the point is you plug in lights into the top outlet you leave the bottom one open for other activities and then so you can use probably the point was probably to use that switch you could turn off all the lights in your apartment if you yeah. really wanted to yeah you're supposed to have like an always on lamp and then that switch kind of controls the flow of electricity to it so but yeah that and that's what that was in, in bailey's in that room in bailey's but i like the, there's like 10 out like bailey there's like an outlet like so frequently in there i don't understand okay, Ryan, why some of them are on a switch it doesn't make you sense you can't e you can't even call that my house i've probably been there like twice all right <laughs> and you know what else all right half the lights in the house too are controlled by these like wireless remote like button things and like when you press them it, they sometimes work and one day one day i swear to god i went to sleep okay all the lights were off i woke up Suddenly the lights were on. I was like, and this is one of those wirelessly controlled lights. And I was like, hey, how? I told you Luna know, knows how to do tricks. I told like, you. <laughs> did someone like actually like in their other house, like press a button that turned on the lights in the bedroom? I was like, I didn't freak out about it, but I was like, God, like this is <laughs> really frustrating. I wish oh, there was Eric, just that would have been like ultimate prank. I take one of those remotes to Florida with me. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I think. Yeah. Well, that Ryan, thank you for watching Ryan. the dogs. I'm sure Luna appreciated it. And with that, let's go ahead and move on to story time with Eric. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Story Time. I am your bedtime storyteller, your story time collaborator, Eric. And today, I want to talk somewhat ambiguously about. An issue that's been going on at my place of work for the past, oh, week and a half with no end in sight. So, I work as a software developer. I do the bing bang with the keyboard and make things go poof on a screen. It's really fun. It's a really great time. Um, and one technology that we use is called source control, which is a system where you take your code, you take all the things you work on, you push it to a centralized server that everyone can access. It keeps track of all the changes you've made. So you can go back, you know, figure out, Oh, who made this change? Oh, this didn't work. Let's roll it back. So it, that's no longer there, etc. Um, and in my mind, it's essential to a workplace environment where people are going to be 
doing development. Now, a lot of people use the common source control method, Git, also known as GitHub, GitLab, etc. That's the one 99% of people use these days. I know you all have somewhat of experience in GitHub. Um, as Araf puts his hand toward the camera, as he does in a vein focusing, 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 focusing. This is, focusing. A, this is a meme at this point of Araf just putting his hand into the camera. It's a great Ariana Grande song. <laughs> so, a lot of people use GitHub, right? But my place of work, which my place of work uses TFS. Now, I don't know if you've heard of TFS before. It's short for Team Foundation Server, also known as Azure DevOps Server. Oh, I've heard of that. That is a Microsoft product. It is Microsoft's custom source control. Now, you may be wondering, Eric, doesn't Microsoft own GitHub? And you'd be right. That is correct. But... Wait. Really? Yes, they do. What? They do. Microsoft (laughs) owns GitHub? This is news to me. Yes, they do. What does Microsoft not own? Microsoft is going to own Discord. They're going to own GitHub. They own micro. They own uh, Minecraft. They, they were they own bought, Windows. They were bought for seven point five billion dollars. They, they 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 own Bailey. Like I don't. Anyway, so you'd be wondering why does my company continue to use this older software, which functionally is the same, but it's just not as widely used or accepted anymore, right? Um, and my guess is just because the company has a lot of devs that don't have experience in Git. It's a newer technology, you know, et cetera. Um, relatively, <laughs> relatively anyway, speaking compared to other proprietary systems, or at least like Git, and there were other ones, but then Git like rose above all the rest, put it that way. See, I don't want to shoot myself in the foot for any future employment, uh, opportunities, but ambiguously named company, um, sounds like the kind of company that would be using 1940s or 50s like programming uh, languages in order to uh, maintain their um, systems. If you said the U.S. government, you'd be right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so this all came to a head this uh, last week, right? So the company is in the process of transitioning to Git, but it's like a six month down the line kind of thing, right? And all of a sudden, we find out that oops our server broke it went bing bang bong poof um what a donald trump what you do tonight <laughs> very good very good ryan um <laughs> so it it went kablo- it went kablamo and um what this means is we can't check in any changes we cannot create new branches to you know do new things with um we can't do anything other than just view the ch- view the code that is currently on the server. Um, this That's what I do. is not great for a company that does software development because it basically means, okay, no one can do anything, which is my entire job is doing things. So we got a little creative. You know, I started doing some JavaScript training. I already know JavaScript, but anyway... Um, did some JavaScript training, did some Git training. Cause they were like, Oh, we might, you know, fast track Git, you know? Um, and so on. We did some just random things. Uh, this past week they were like, okay, we think we're good to go. We're going to switch over to a new TFS server, not even Git. We're not doing that yet. We just made another server that people are going to move all their code to that worked for about 10 minutes 
I'm being generous when I say 10 <laughs> minutes before it broke again. Because all of a sudden, everyone was like, oh, I need to go get my changes from the old server now. Because it's open. And that broke the old server and etc. Everything broke again. That was like on Tuesday this past week. It is now Sunday as we're recording this. I believe I received an email saying that, hey, the new server is back online, um, but we're being very selective as to what can go on it, like only high priority stuff. And then in three weeks, we'll switch over to Git and everyone will be able to start working again. So as of now, as far as I know, I have nothing to do for the next three weeks. So if anyone has any suggestions, please drop them in the chat below because I have no idea what I'm getting paid to do at this point. Eric, does that mean we're bringing back mailbag? Oh, 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 God. Oh, mailbag? We need to get mail mail first. Out, out of band show at gmail.com. Thank you. So, yeah. Arof, you cannot laugh. You cannot laugh, Arof. No laughing aloud. Don't hurt yourself. It wasn't even funny. <laughs> <laughs> does this mean that insert ambiguous company name here is going to have trouble selling ambiguous company product to ambiguous customers i mean the, the product itself is fine it's just you know there won't be any updates for the next couple of weeks see i feel like an important part of having products is updating the products um and i say this as a user of many poorly updated <laughs> products <laughs> also and then you got I'm... discord that updates literally every time i open it yeah I'm same with steam the, uh azure devops uh page right now and it says that you can get unlimited free private repos um and it literally says quote from a one person project to the world's largest repository so maybe <laughs> i can just set this up for for y'all and you can just kind of forward the commit over to me and i'll uh I'll put so it on there. i believe what broke was we had reached too many change sets on the server like too many tracked changes uh i believe the maximum number via the integer that stores the number of change sets is 2 billion. And we hit that. Huh? So, so basically someone needs to turn it into like a, like a, what is that? Like a, a long. Yeah. All, yeah. That's all it would take is just like doubling the <laughs> integer length or something. But here we are. That is not an option. Apparently almost makes you wonder if you need to have 2 billion commits worth of history. Shush. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that's that's what I got for that. Araf, any any final thoughts? So I've been trying to order a pizza this whole entire time. <laughs> yeah. And it's really, really sad because I'm on Domino's and you know how they do the $5.99 like mix and match deal. I don't want to buy like a singular pizza because if I were to buy a singular pizza, it's yeah. about the same price as the mix and match deal. Yeah, but I don't want to get two pizzas from the mix and match deal because I know I can't eat two pizzas, and and I've just been going through to see what I could possibly get, and I am completely stumped. But I promise you, I heard everything you said. Oh, I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. And with that, let's move on to the outro with Bailey. Well, folks, that's our show for today. If you liked what you heard, be sure to share the podcast with a friend or two. Order a pizza. We hope to see. <clears throat> we hope to see you again next time. But until then, don't cancel your outlook events. Stay safe.